Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Listen, here at Scarlet Note, I want to I focus the next three Sundays on this topic of a family on the move. The, the overall theme is a family road trip, but, but in particular, I want to talk about families on the move. There are many families, uh, Bob, am I good? There, there are many families that are idle. They're idle. They are families that are stagnant families. Families that are very busy, but are very unfruitful. Let me say that again. Many families that are very busy, but are families that are very unfruitful. And there's two different, there's, there's a big difference between being busy and being fruitful. I want to talk to you about being a family that's on the go. A family that has a purpose, a family that has a destiny. So regardless of your current familial uh, family, uh, your status, whether you're married, divorced, single, widowed, I promise you that there's going to be something for everyone. So just because we're talking about family in the next few weeks, I don't want you to think that this excludes you if you don't have a husband, a wife, and kids. No, there's going to be something for everyone. So I want to start with uh, fruitful. Fruitful means that there's a constant state of uh, change in your life there are some seasons where you're, you're going to be but a seed. Then there's going to be seasons where you are going to tra- uh, transition into starting to bud. And then there are seasons from budding that you are going to then bear fruit. So a fruitful life is a life that's in constant change, ever change, always growing. Just like trees don't ever stop producing fruit, the life of a Christian should be very similar. You should never stop producing fruit. God's desire for man on earth is to change man or woman from what he or she is without God to what he or she can be with God. That is the desire. That is God's desire for fruitful living is that I can change man or woman from what they are without God to being able to change them into what they are with God and um, as a man and a woman. That's being fruitful. Now, multiplying means that God yearns to make more of God's fruitful men and God's fruitful women. So if you are a fruitful family, well, God wants to multiply that fruitful family into producing more fruitful people so that they can subdue the earth. That means to govern, to rule. God knew this of a man named Abraham and out of the book of Genesis. Let's go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 18. All right. Can everybody see this? Everybody see this? Okay. With me, Genesis chapter 18, verses 18 and 19. For Abraham will certainly become, somebody say become. Come on, say that louder. Become. For Abraham will certainly become a great nation, mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will, so that he will what? 
direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all, all that I have promised. Now, could we leave that scripture up, guys? Let's leave that scripture up for just a moment. Thank you, Gabby. The scripture doesn't say that Abraham already was a great nation. It doesn't say that Abraham was already a great nation. It said that Abraham would become a great nation. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Are you reading that with me? That is called fruitfulness. That is becoming. That is advancement. That is transitioning. You're always changing. The life of a Christian is a life that's always in growth. Are you listening? Are you hearing? All right. So, but it doesn't stop at just Abraham becoming a great nation. It goes from Abraham and then it goes into his children. And it doesn't stop at his children, but goes into the children's family. Scripture tells us that God knew that Abraham would direct his sons and family to keep the way of the Lord. This moment in the Bible timeline, all right, in the Bible timeline, as we are reading this, this is pre-Ten Commandments, pre-Tabernacle, this is pre-Temple, pre-Church. Abraham could would solely do everything that God told him solely by listening to the guidance of God's voice. Are you, are you following that? I, I bring all of this up because too often the matters of the family, the family's spiritual health and the future of the family's spiritual health is left in the hands of the local pastors. And that responsibility does not belong to the local pastors or to the leadership in the church. Dad, mom, you are the ones that have been assigned with the task of directing your children's path, not the pastor. Proverbs 22, verse 6. You guys know that I, I'm constantly giving you the scripture. Direct your children onto the, onto the, direct your children onto the, direct your children onto the, will you guys wake up right high? You did not sound like this last week when you were out there with hot dogs and hamburgers. Stop it. What's wrong with you? Let's read this again. Direct your children. Come on. In the right path. And when they are older, when they are older, when they are older, if you direct your children in the right path, when they get older, they will not leave. However, if they leave the path and you fulfilled your assignment as a parent, mom or dad, then the responsibility of accountability is no longer on you. Now, your children who are now adults. Did you hear me? That's called rejecting God. And yes, there are children that grow up to turn back on God. You can't blame yourself. It happens. It happens. But there's always a hope and there is a promise when you give your children that seed early on, even if they turn their backs as adults, there's always that hope that the seed that you put in them as children will, will manifest itself 
Because you put that seed in. When you put those seeds in your children, you're not putting your words. You're putting God's word. And the Bible says that God's word does not return void. It does not return empty. So you do your part in the time that you have your children. And I guarantee you, this is a promise. God is going to do his. How many know that's encouragement? Parents, your time with your children is vital. The time with your children is vital. Their future, their eternity depends on the time with you. Most of the world's social problems can be resolved at the home front. We have become in this society more concerned with the outcome of our children's academics than we are with their eternity. And I know that I'm in the presence of many, many educators, specifically in this room. There are many, many educators, so when I say this, I'm going to tread lightly. But good grades don't mean good husbands. Good grades don't mean good wives. Good grades don't mean good employees. Good grades don't mean good citizens. Are you listening? Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, Skilled living gets its start in the fear of God. Insight into life from knowing a holy God. I often hear people say, I don't need to go back to church. I don't need to go back to church or some people say I need some people say uh, uh, the opposite. I need to go back to church as if church church is where the fear of the Lord begins. No, the fear of the Lord begins in your home. It ought to begin in your home. Fear of God and knowing God doesn't happen in the church on a Sunday. The fear of God should not begin here. It starts in our homes, in our day to day life. Monday through Sunday, fear of God and knowing God is a lifestyle. It is a choice. This is what Joshua said about himself and his family out of uh, Joshua 24, verse 15. You should mark this one of my favorite verses, but you should read the whole interaction so you get the full content of this story. But Joshua is talking to a people that he had been leading for several years now as the, as the sole leader. And as he is leading these people, uh, he wanted to give the people an ultimatum. And he says, if you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God, then choose a God you'd rather serve and do it today. Choose one of the gods your ancestors worshipped from the country beyond the river or one of the gods of the Amorites on whose land you're now living. As for me and my family, we will worship God. Let, let me say that, and I want you to say that with me together. As for me, come on. Come on, wake up. As for me and my family, we'll worship God. I have seen so many families fall apart and, and divide and become so polarized over politics. But not to be a family that worships God. I've seen families that are polarized and divided over a will or over uh, uh, an inheritance or over money and finances, but not over worshiping God. 
And just like in the beginning of any road trip, the destination, the details of how to get there belongs to the parents. It doesn't belong to the children. It belongs to the family. The families, the, the parents will dictate the course of where the family is going. And this is not just the father's role. It's not just the mother's role. We do this collectively. If there's a father that's missing, mom, that doesn't mean that it's an excuse for you not to lead your family. Did you hear that? All right? Many, 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 many single women have been able to save their whole household. Really? Many, many. Yeah, you can clap for that. You shouldn't be afraid of that. And just because there's not a mom in the house, it doesn't mean that there's an excuse for, for the family not to be led in the direction of God. So number one, I want to give you these three things so that we could wrap up quickly. But I want to give you number one, choice, decision, choice, decision. We need to make a choice for our family to serve God. We need to, that's a decision we need to make. I don't give that option to my children. I'm just waiting for my kids to kind of feel their way through life. And then as they get older, I just want them to be independent thinkers. That's dumb. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I said the word dumb. I know my grandchildren are going to, Grandpa, you said, you said dumb. Last week I said but. Remember I said but a couple times and my grandkids were like, Lola, you're supposed to say bottom. The bottom. So now I'm saying dumb. I know I'm going to hear that. But, but listen, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That, that you're going to leave eternal decisions in the hands of a child. Eternal decisions in the hands of a child. Don't be afraid to be a parent. Don't run away from your responsibilities to make hard decisions, to make the tough calls, to, to discipline, to structure, and to give guidance in your home. Dad, if you're a dad and you're here and you're listening to me, dad, if you're watching and, and, and you're listening to this, I want to challenge you to be present in your family's life. Be present and be active in your family's life. That goes for you too, mom. Be present in your, in your children's life in every sphere of life, not just in some. Many parents, many dads especially, are so involved in anything that has to do with sports. Anything that has to do with sports, I'm active, I'm there. But if it has to do with anything that has to do with church and spirituality, that's mama's role. Before Becky and I could afford to get to Disney, I don't know about you guys. Disney is expensive. Disney is expensive. Every time I see people at Disney and I say, I'm like, oh, cha-ching, they got money. They, that's good. That's, they're doing well. They're, they're doing all right. Cha-ching. They're doing okay. Remember when we went the first time and I saw the price tag at the end of our vacation. Yeah. But let me tell you, before our family could afford Disney, we went to Dutch Wonderland. We went to Dutch Wonderland. We we. We, we took our kids to Sesame Place. We took our kids to La Vaca. That means Cowtown. There you go, kids. This is just as good as Disney. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. That's what Mickey looks like? Yeah, that's what he looks like. Yeah. 
Taking them to Disney nor taking them to Dutch Wonderland has no eternal transformative properties in the way that they're going to grow. Changing to God has transformative properties. Did you hear that? As an adult during my darkest times, I, I went with my dad to Disney about maybe six, seven, eight different times. Hold on. Now, the way my dad planned church was different, but he got us there. And I'm going to tell you that during my hardest times, I told you that the first 12 years of my marriage was a living, living, living hell. And during those times in my marriage, okay, in my marriage, not once did I ever stop to think about Magic Kingdom. Not once. Not once did I think about those memories of going to Dutch Wonderland or the vacations we took or of all the. No, you know what I thought about? I remember my father taking me to prayer. I remember my father taking me to the presence of God. During my hardest times, those were the memories that counted and made the difference in my life. I am sustained today because of those memories. Are, are you listening? During my hardest times, I was sustained because I remembered what my dad and my mom taught me during hardship. But what I can tell you is that I remember a mom that prayed, earnestly just prayed and prayed and prayed. I remember a dad that read the Bible. I remember that when my father needed answers, he would go to Scripture. I remember those times. And I owe that whole to, to, to this mom, this dad that prayed constantly and read the Bible and pointed me always into the direction of a living God. Not to a fantasy mouse in a kingdom in Orlando, Florida. Dad and mom, I don't want you to be discouraged or feel that you... You're helpless if your children have decided to turn their backs on God. Don't be. I would tell you, continue to press in. Continue to press in. Remember, remember, it's God's timing. It's not your timing. You could never stand over a seed and force it to grow under your terms or your timing. It, it grows organically. So, so just do your role. And I want, I want to encourage you not to lose your hope if your children have turned their backs on God. I, I guarantee you. Just give them time. The best convincing message that you can give your children that have turned their back on God is, 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 is for your adult children to see God in you. When your adult children see God in you, it is an incentive. It is, it is as a source of hope even in their lives and their dark times. So that is the best convincing message of a, the reality of a living God. Regardless of your financial circumstances, whether divorced, widowed, or single, nothing speaks louder. Nothing speaks louder than the life-transforming power in a person's life. Number two, how to get there. How to get there. As a family, when you're preparing your family for a road trip, you cannot just imagine your way or wish your way to your destination. So know how to get there. Know how to get to God. This is very important. As a family, we need to make decisions 
Are we going to fly to our destination on our way to our road trip? Are we going to fly there? Are we going to sell? Are we going to drive? In the same way, uh, our family needs to have direction. It needs to know how to get to be in a prosperous family, a family on the move, a family with a destiny. And um, listen, don't shy away from talking to your children and talking to the family about God and about God's ways. Look for those opportunities to talk to your children about God. Every moment, every moment, there is always an opportunity to bring God into the topic, bring God into the conversation. Having breakfast, talk, you can, you, can, you, can, you can do God in the morning before the kids go to school, in the afternoon, in the evening, before going to bedtime. My father would make up these horrendous stories. But they always ended up with God saving. It always ended up with God rescuing. It always, and I don't know what book, because he would have the very same book in front of him. But the stories always change. And I'm thinking, that is a heck of a book. But it wasn't a church that led me to God, and it wasn't a pastor, and it wasn't an evangelist. It was my dad. And there's too much pressure on, on pastors, evangelists, and, and the lay people that work in the church to try to save your family. It's not their role. It's not their responsibility. It starts at the home front. Dad, it starts with you. It starts with mom. Uncle, you're not, you're, you're not free from this. I have nephews and I have nieces, and as much as I like to joke with them and talk about everything, I always circle around, always circle around to point them in the direction of Jesus, regardless of how hip or unhip they think their uncle is. I remember driving with my dad in his custom van. My dad had this custom van, and if you guys remember anything about the 70s, the 70s, there was a trend with custom vans, and you would put shag carpet in the bottom and on the tops and on the sides. You guys, some of you guys know, I know Ceci knows exactly what I'm talking about. Ceci knows everything about the 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s. I'm just messing with you. I told you I was going to give you a hard time. Welcome back. But I remember, I remember my dad uh, we went on a road trip to uh, Orlando, Florida, because we were going to go to Disney. And my father was very spontaneous. He never planned anything. He didn't plan it. He said, hey, we're going to go. And that's, 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 my mom was so, so just, she was just so submissive. And uh, my mom, okay, God, let's go. <laughs> and um, yeah, so uh, we, we got into this van. Jomaira was in this little um a bassinet, little white bassinet, and she had just been born. I'm eight years old, so um, uh, Maida is eight years old, and my mom is in the back with Jamaida and my brother Danny, and I'm in the front. I get to be in the front seat with my dad in his van, and I loved it. My dad had this thing over the visor, wood over the visor, and it had his eight track, and it had a CB. I know you guys don't know what a CB is, but I know you. I know Lonnie knows what a CB is. He still has one in his car. <laughs> but, but it's a CB and an A-track, and you would have it right below the, um, uh, your, your visor. 
and uh, my dad was listening to, um, there's this little girl that was at that time, there was a skinny Mexican girl. Her name was Linda Ronstadt. Anybody remember her? And Linda Ronstadt was just singing this song, um, and it was my father's favorite song. My father's favorite song. My dad doesn't speak English, and that was his favorite song, was Living in the USA by Chuck Berry. If anybody knows that song, there's a part in that song that my father sang it for about 24 hours from Delaware to Orlando, Florida, and it said, I'm so glad I'm living in the USA. My father was so patriotic, and he sang that song all the way to Orlando, and as he is singing, he's beating, and, and, and he's beating on the steering wheel, and I'm so glad I'm living in the USA, and he's looking at me, and I'm bobbing my head, and like, all right, this is, you know, um, different, and we did that for about 20 plus hours, and I remember that um, I had asked him in the middle of his singing, I asked him, Dad, is, is God bigger than the street, and, and, and he he turned down the volume. He goes, of course, God is bigger than the street. I said, that is, is, is God bigger than the moon? And he said, of course, God is bigger than the moon. And God, is he, he is, that is, is God bigger than the sun? Yes, son, he's bigger than the sun. That is God bigger than the world. And yes, son, he's bigger than the world. And I said, well, then, dad, how does he fit in my heart? And my dad always had the, again, my dad had these stories that made no sense. And he said, and this was my dad's response. He said, son, the angels in heaven make them coffee in the morning. And the coffee is a special coffee that shrinks them, that shrinks them so that he fits in your heart. And that makes sense to me. Never argued it. Listen, I never argued it. And listen, and as a result, I was a coffee drinker all my life. It works for God. It's going to work, you know. But my father had these stories, and um, he always had these. But the beautiful thing is that as time went by, my passion for God grew deeper, and his answers were changing. They were all age-appropriate answers, and that's what my father was doing. And my very first Bible, one of the Bibles that I still have and I cherish today, he gave to me. I remember when I was ordained into ministry in 2002, and I was surrounded by my father and his pastor and, and, and amazing men of God, and, and they prayed over me. I could still remember that man, that moment, singing, i so glad I live in the USA, uh, going up to Orlando, Florida. Those are the moments that took me to the presence of God not the church, not an evangelist, not the prophet. I'm not saying that those moments don't happen. I'm just saying that the greatest encounter with Jesus Christ happened at home, okay? My father wasn't perfect. My mother wasn't perfect. They, they weren't perfect, but, but they taught me the fear of God. And, and the fear of God is what saved me. It was not their perfection. It was not that. It was the fear of the Lord. Those images of my dad and my mom at night praying, even when they were having hardship, they, they're still live vividly in my, in my memory. I still remember that. I lost dad when he was 57 years old. Listen, I lost dad when he was 57 years old. Then I lost my mom shortly after that when she was 59 years old. Becky can tell you there are moments where I sit at home alone 
And I still remember those voices. I still remember those prayers. I'm here to tell you that dance, dance classes and karate classes and little league and baseball and football, those things are wonderful to develop your children. I get it. But neither of those things can give them the security that a relationship with God would have given them. Are you hearing me? But I see so many parents that are so responsible with all of the extracurricular things. But when it comes to God's moment, we could take a rain check. Change that heart. Change that attitude. I'm telling you, your life, your children's life depends on it. Okay? I'm, I'm telling you, um, thank you, George. I really appreciate it. Where's George? You're back there. Thank you, George. I appreciate that support. That was good. Luis, you gotta have, the family's going to have to come back more because I've never heard him this quiet, ever. 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 He's always constantly interrupting me. But, but I'm, 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 I want you to take this, and I, and I don't want to preach to you, but I want to talk to you as a father. Uh, as a father. My children, my children um, did, uh, what's the stuff, the, the Little League? They did baseball. And they did baseball for many years. We did a lot of stuff with baseball. But listen, do you remember your coaches arguing? Mr. Corona, they used to call me Mr. Corona. They could never get my last name. Mr. Corona, it's, it's, the, it's the championship game. We need them. The championship game is on a Sunday. On a Sunday? Nah, I go to church on Sunday. Mr. Corona, but we need them. Your children are the, the, the pitchers, and, and they're, the, you know, they're, they're the best guys on the team. Not on Sunday. You have them Monday, you have them Sunday, uh, Saturday. You pick any of those days. But on Sunday, when I walk out this house to worship God, my children, my family will be with me. None of my children grew up to be baseball players. Or karate experts. Oh, none of them. So, so I, 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 parents, in the way you prioritize, in the way you prioritize at home with the things that you do, and I'm not trying to invade and be intrusive in your home. I'm just trying to tell you as a, as a father, as a father, as a grandfather, I'm trying to tell you that, that guiding your children into the direction, into the pathway of God has huge, huge transformative properties. Number three, what are we doing when we go on our family trip? What are we doing? What are we doing? Every family, reason you go on a family trip or vacation is to rest, to relax, have a time of recreational time, to make memories. And as I begin to wrap this up and to close for today, I, I want you to think about every moment during breakfast time. Every moment during breakfast time. Do your children see dad and mom running out, yelling at each other because someone's late, because you have a meeting, or because you have to be on time, or because there is a, a quota to make, or there's a deadline to make? Or can your children remember a dad and a mom that can pause before the children walk out and say, can I pray with you? I remember, come here, Bible. Come here. And Bobo is like 39. How old are you now, son? 32. I thought he was older. Man, you, you're aging bad. All right. So, <laughs> but, but I, 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 I remember, and, and, and listen, and what I'm saying is that I want you to be encouraged because we didn't do it. We didn't do it all the time. 
what happened was the first 12 years, I told you, in my life, God was absent. And he wasn't absent because God wasn't there. He was absent because I wasn't bringing God to my home. However, for those 12 years in my marriage, I was actively playing an instrument in the church. I was in the church for those 12 years actively as a worship leader in the church. But God was not present in my family because I didn't have a relationship with God. I had a relationship with church. And, and so God is absent out of my life. So, so when God comes into my life, when I open my heart and I turn my life over to God, then something transformative starts to happen in my home. And, and, and everything got better. My marriage is healthy, is restored. Everything goes better. And one of the things we implemented was I want my children to see me pray every morning. And, and I would, I, before my sons would go to school, I would grab his hand and I would grab Adrian and I would start to pray. And I would just pray. And both Adrian and Papa would fall asleep on their feet while I prayed. And they would nod off and they would nod off. And I'm praying. And I'm, boy, get up. Okay. You know, and I pray 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 and I pray. Let me tell you, you have no certainty when your children get on a bus that they're going to return home to you. There is no certainty. And I wanted to make sure that I, I covered my children, that I covered my daughter. And I remember they would go, go ahead, Papa, go over there. Where's Alexis? Alexis is taking pictures. And, and Alexis can tell you how many times I would even be, I would be exhausted because I'd had two jobs or I was doing something. And sometimes I'd start praying for God's blessing. And before I knew it, I was praying about a choo-choo train and, and syrup. And because and, and, I was exhausted. And I don't know what I was praying about. But the point was that in their memories... In their archives, as children, there are memories of dad pausing to spend time and, and guide them into God's presence. Again, not perfect. And, and, and we didn't have religious services in the house. I didn't, we didn't do all that. We didn't have devotional time. We didn't do that stuff. But, but, but we took time to actively pursue God. As, as you know, it, it's not enough to go to church on Sundays. Once in a while to, the, the, you know, just clap your hands in church and stomp your feet and give some money and say, that's enough. That I, I fulfilled my duty for this Sunday. The life of every Christian should be a life that is fruitful, a life that multiplies. Your family should be fruitful. Your family should be forever growing, forever advancing. You as a dad should be always growing, always evolving to something better. Christians, we are to grow. We are to bear fruit. And as we grow, God wants us to multiply those things that grow. So I like people to look at me and go, man, I want some of what you have. And I go, great. Well, let me tell you how I got what I have. This is why I cannot stop talking about what I used to have in my marriage. And then tell people, look what I have now. It's not that I'm bragging. It's, it's that I want you to hear God's hope. For you. This kingdom doesn't grow because people go to church, but because the people that go to church grow. Did you get that? Did you get that? His, his, his kingdom doesn't grow because people go to church, but because the people that go to church grow. We are to keep growing, not being stagnant. You shouldn't just do one thing all of your life. I remember seeing my father go from, you know, playing a uh, uh, a guitar in the church and then he would go out and give tracks and anybody remember that what a track is 
And for the kids that are young here, we're not talking about a beatbox rap track. We're not talking about that. It was a little pamphlet. It was a little, a little book. And, and it had a message. And my father was so proud, and he put them in his front pocket. And I'd go out with him, and, and he'd give out those things. And, and Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And that's what he would say. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. When my father passed away, um, my father passed away of renal failure. And in his bed with, his, with the person that was next to him, uh, there was a, a, a white man who didn't speak Spanish, and there's a Hispanic who didn't speak English, and my father was there. And um, after my father passed away, I remember I was, I had uh, been selected into church by the eldership to be the pastor of the church after my father's passing. And now I am with, I'm going through mourning, I'm going through grief, um, that bereavement process. Uh, if you've ever lost a loved one, especially my father was very close to me, he was a best friend. And I remember uh, being lost, even as an adult, I was lost, I, w- I was hurt, it was painful. And I was in church and I was trying to put a message together and there was this guy who was in the back, white guy, and I introduced everybody and, and I asked him to introduce himself. And, and he said, um, yes, I, I made a promise to a man um, named Jose, and um, he was next to me in the bed, and I told him that when I got better after he prayed for me that I would go to church. And he said, and I'm here today because I'm better, and I just wanted to come to church to fulfill that promise. And he left me with that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And my dad would just, listen, in English, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. I know I'm right. Jesus, I love you. <laughs> that was my pops. And I want you to think about this as we leave here this morning, as we start logging off online. I want you to stand to your feet. But I want to encourage you to think about these things during the week. To make, number one, make a choice for your family. Don't let your children dictate to you when or, they, or when they will not go to church. Did you hear that? Do you hear that? The kids, did you hear that? Yeah, they don't want to respond now. When dad and mom say on Sunday we're going to wake up to go to church, we go to church go together we do it as a family number two know how to get there know your destination know the reason know how to get the family to God's presence and to God's purpose and to God's destiny we're going to be talking about this again this is just the first part we got three other areas that we're going to talk about and this is not just about we're going to try to cover as much as we can about family but know how to get there to take your kids number three What are we doing once we get to God? What are we doing once we get to God? Live a life that's fruitful. Live a life that multiplies. You know, the multiplying is not about um, procreation. It's not just about procreation. That's just a part of it. But listen, you all here are part of the multiplication. You're part of that. God wants us to multiply. He wants you to go out and tell your story of what God has done in your life. He wants you to go out there and to evangelize. He wants you to go out there and tell people of the hope. 
there has been a change, transformative change in your life, he wants you to share that. Don't keep that story to yourself. Share it and tell the world. That's how we continue to multiply. And being fruitful is all about your growth in your daily life. Listen, I remember, as I said, my dad played the guitar. Then my dad was giving out tracks. Then he was doing counseling. Then he was doing small groups. And he just kept growing and kept growing and growing. And then my dad becomes a pastor. My, my, my father had a sixth grade education. Sixth grade education. When my father passed away, I remember that when we had the viewing, we could not, we couldn't even have just one service. We had to have multiple services because of how many people a man with a sixth grade education who gave his life over to Jesus had impacted the community. And in a time, and in a time where segregation separated people, my father's church had black, white. I, rem, I mean, it, it was an amazing, diverse place. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. That was my father's message. So I want you to close your eyes and I want you to be encouraged. I want you to go home. I want you to meditate on these things. I want you to reflect in your, what are we doing? What are, what are the things that don't matter? What are the things that are robbing my family of, of, of having some time at, 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 at church on a Sunday? What are those things? Husbands and wives, have a chat about the, the, some of the extra things that you're putting your kids through. Is this adding value to their eternity or is it robbing? Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.